Mike Florio, uh, ProFootballTalk.com, and on in NBC Sports, he joins us on the Farm Bureau Insurance Guest Line. Uh, all right, I got to go to, this may surprise you, um, and we're going to talk about your book in a minute, but Gardner Minshew is from here, and he's a hell of a competitor. His story is amazing. Every time he gets a shot, he plays pretty damn well. He's obviously never going to be a star in the league, but he can he can ball. Where do you, who do you think he could sign with, and what may be the best fit for Gardner Minshew? Well, there are slated to be a lot of free agent quarterbacks three weeks from tomorrow. It's coming, and it's amazing. And you look at the list of names from, and this is just some of them: Kirk Cousins, Ryan Tannehill, Baker Mayfield. Joe Flacco, who was the comeback player of the year, he's available to anyone who wants to sign him. Jacoby Brissett's available. Mitch Trubisky's available. Tyrod Taylor's available. Marcus Mariota, Sam Darnold, Drew Locke. And so I think Minshew did enough last year with the Colts that someone should look at him seriously as a guy that they could bring in and let him compete to be the starter. My concern is he's going to be like a placeholder, and we've seen this pretty much every year where – There's a veteran quarterback who gets signed in the middle of March. They hold up the jersey. Everyone's excited. And then with that team's first pick in the ensuing draft, they select his eventual replacement, which is exactly what happened to Minshew last year in Indianapolis. He signs with the team, and then they draft Anthony Richardson, and he's no longer the starter until Richardson's injured. So, you know, that's going to be the real question. With so many veteran options out there available, if you're a team looking for a starter – You're going to have others, I think, ahead of Minshew. And what happens is when that legal tampering period opens on the Monday before official free agency, teams will start calling agents and they'll make an offer to a player through the agent and they need to know right now what you're going to do. I need need to know in five minutes what you're going to do because I'm going to move on to the next guy. So as teams have their list of quarterbacks that they're prioritizing in free agency, how far down that list is Minshew going to be? I don't know. I don't know. But there's going to be others that I think get the call first. But Minshew's going to hear from somebody early, and he's going to get a chance somewhere. And, you know, if he doesn't get a chance that he likes, then why not just come back to the Colts and be the backup, assuming that the way Anthony Richardson plays, there's a chance you're going to get back on the field maybe sooner than later. Good point. Mike Florio on the Out of Bounds Show, ESPN 105.9 The Zone. All right, Stone Cold Chris Jones is from here, too. Uh, What do you think the Chiefs do? Well, the first question is whether or not they use the franchise tag. And they've set the stage to use the franchise tag by picking up his option, even though the option doesn't officially extend the deal. It preserves their ability to use a tag that would be about $32 million, a little bit more than that, to keep him in place for at least one year. He was franchise tagged in 2020, so that means they couldn't tag him again in 25. This would be one more year with maybe the opportunity to turn that into a long-term deal. I wrote about this yesterday at PFT. I won't bore you with the details, but it gets very complicated to try to turn the franchise tag into a long-term deal when, as a practical matter, they can't tag him next year because it would be too expensive. So what are they going to do? The options are sign to do a long-term deal before you tag him, tag him and then sign to do a long-term deal, tag him and trade him, or just let him hit the market and try to sign him in competition with other teams. I think if they do that, they're going to lose him because I think we're getting to the point with the Chiefs, kind of like where we were with the Cowboys in the 90s, 
where free agency set in, and it really first hit when the Cowboys had that juggernaut team. Other teams were willing to overpay players to just get them off the Cowboys. And I could see somebody, and I don't know that this will happen, but I wouldn't be surprised if somebody like Jim Harbaugh says to the Chargers, we got to overpay Chris Jones because, number one, we need him. And, number two, we need to get him the hell off the Chiefs. So if they let him get to the open market, somebody's going to make him an offer that they just won't be willing to match. I think tag and trade is a potentially intriguing outcome if, if they're able to carry a $32 million cap charge until they can get a trade done. Okay. All right, one more before we talk about the book. A.J. Brown is from here, too, and he is a phenomenal player, and I love him. Are you concerned at all about his temper and what happened with the Eagles the last part of the year, Mike? I'm not concerned about him specifically. I'm concerned about the Eagles generally, and I think that, you know, somewhere, somehow, there will be a report about exactly what happened with the Eagles last year that caused them to fall apart the way they did and why ownership decided at the end of the year to stay the course. I don't know what Nick Sirianni said to Jeffrey Lurie to get him to not make a coaching change, but they just completely fell apart down the stretch. And is it as simple as when they lost at home 42-19 to to the 49ers that they just realized this isn't our year, it's not like last year, we can't hold this together, and they just completely fell apart? I don't know but they completely fell apart and there was frustration on the part of AJ Brown and he and Jalen hurts are tight. And that was one of the reasons that AJ Brown was traded there in the first place. And I think hurts had that knee injury that affected him a lot more than anyone realizes all year long, but they're going to have to come up with some solutions. They have two new coordinators, a lot of pressure this year on the Eagles and on the offense. All I know is this, there was a stretch where AJ Brown had what six plus games of 125 yards or more receiving, which was a record. And then he just disappeared after that. So I don't know, but it, I think it's more than A.J. Brown. And I think one of these days we're going to find out what really caused everything to go haywire for the Eagles, and it's going to be a hell of a story when we know. Agree. Mike Florio, NFL insider on the show. All right, Mike, uh, you've got a book out, Father of Mine. It's on Amazon. Tell us about it. Well, I grew up 60 miles from Pittsburgh in the 70s, and my dad was a bookie who was connected to the local crew there. So I picked up some things just in my formative years with my eyes and ears open. And I was always fascinated by, and I assume this is true in every small town at the time, the the mob pretty much operated out in the open, and nobody seemed to give them a hard time. And, you know, there were lines that if they didn't cross them, they would – be allowed to do whatever they were doing. And it was just kind of a, it was a strange thing because it was the only normal that I knew. But as I got older and reflected on it and thought about it, and one of the things that I've learned over the last 23 years of writing about the NFL every day is number one, I can write a lot. Number two, I can write fast. And number three, what I write about the NFL is relevant for maybe 24 hours. So during the pandemic, when I had a little more time, to do some different things. I had an idea and I sat down and started typing. And the next thing you know, I had a manuscript and I thought about it. I rewrote it. I thought about it. I rewrote it. And, and uh, we put it out middle of last year and uh, dropped the price to three ninety nine for the ebook recently. I just want to give people, ch- I, 
I, I didn't realize how dumb of a price point three ninety nine, even four ninety nine is. Most ebooks are a lot more expensive than that, even though you don't get anything other than an electronic file. But I just want people to read it and enjoy it. And uh, it's it's just it's been a nice balance. Writing has been a nice balance to what I do every day because what I do every day, like I said, has a very short shelf life. Right. And I have written literally millions of words over the years that are forgotten after twenty four hours. So I figure if I write enough novels, one of them won't stink. It'll probably be the one I least expect, and maybe when I'm dead and gone, people will be reading it and enjoying it. And that—that's I don't need to have my name on a building somewhere. I just like to have a book that maybe somebody finds in 50 years and says, "Hey, you know what? That—that that wasn't very bad." That's great, man. Mike Florio's book, Father of Mine, on Amazon, only 3.99 ebook, and uh, ties in book local bookies and the mob and all that. That. That's great. It's also set in 1973. I didn't say that. You gave me free reign to say whatever I wanted, and I didn't say the thing I should have said. It's set in 1973. So for some of the older people like us, there's a little nostalgia there. You know, different times. Where you actually, you know, you didn't carry around in your pocket uh, a way to talk to anybody you wanted to anywhere in the world, anytime you chose. True. Mike Florio, that was great, man. Congratulations on your success. Thanks, Tom. Good talking to you. Mike Florio, Pro Football Talk. NBC Sports, NFL Insider. I think the guy works 22 hours a day. He joined us on the Farm Bureau Insurance Guest Line. Thanks for listening to the show. It's driven by your next Nissan Pathfinder or Nissan Rogue at Canon Nissan in Jackson. And that Nissan Rogue, unbelievable gas mileage. Nissan Pathfinder, brand new body style, all powered and driven by canon nissan in jackson if you missed anything hit apple podcast or spotify search